Hello, I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley, and I'm her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Heidi and I want to welcome you to Open to Hope Conversations, the podcast. We believe that the greatest gift you can give yourself after a loss is hope, using this moment to connect with others who have not only survived, but thrived. So let's get started. Welcome to the Open to Hope show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my daughter and co-host, Dr. Heidi Horsley. We have a guest on today who's written a really wonderful book called We Regret to Inform You. Uh, and she is going to talk to us about Gold Star Moms and about her loss and about how she's coped and give us some tips about military loss and uh, finding hope. I love, I love this topic, Mom. And as you said, I'm, I'm, in, I'm very looking, I'm looking forward to talking to Joanne Steen. And as you said, it is near and dear to my heart. My son has been in Afghanistan for nearly a year. Um, he is coming home. I haven't seen him yet. He's coming home over Memorial Day weekend, ironically. And I've been working with TAPS for a good, almost 20 years now. And I know, Joanne, you have been very involved in TAPS. And, and as my mother said, you are very involved in this world. You are a military widow, and I'm sorry for your loss. Uh, you are also a counselor and the founder of Grief Solutions, a training company focused on grief, loss, and resilience. And you have written two books, which are incredible. Um, they are We Regret to Inform You and Military Widow, a Survival Guide. So welcome to the show today, Joanne. Thank you. Heidi, Gloria, thank you for having me on. Yeah, it's great to have you on. Uh, can you give us a little background? Uh, what about your loss? Um, my first husband was killed in the line of duty about 25 years ago. And he was a, he was a Navy pilot. I, at the time, was working for the Navy as an instructor. And um, he was on a training mission. And unfortunately, the helicopter suffered catastrophic ro rotor head failure. And we lost a crew of seven. Wow. It was decidedly life-changing. One day, the day before, we were, we were talking about having a baby. We were talking about moving. Uh, he was up for promotion. And then that all changed in one afternoon. Wow. Now, there's some different things about military loss uh, than other losses, aren't there? Uh, there is. And uh, early on, um, you know, in the 90s, TAPS was just in its infancy. And we were all growing and learning together. And so, so many of the things we learned about military loss, we all had to learn in real time. And what kind of things did you learn, Joanne? Well, we could start off by saying a portion of our loss, uh, the difficulty in our loss is, is the service member that we lost. Well, we lost, you know, it's a dual loss. You lose a service member and you lose a loved one. And our loved ones are young. The average age of casualties these days is 28. Wow. If you're talking about enlisted, 50% of them are under 25. Yeah. For families, I hear time and again, people say, well, you know, aren't you prepared for this? Weren't you prepared for the loss mm -hmm. of your husband? After all, you know, you're serving in the military. And the fact of the matter is, you're not. No. You can never be prepared. You may, you may do all the paperwork and all, sign all the forms, but you're not prepared. And my husband and I, we even had the what if conversation. And even with having that what-if conversation, it didn't really prepare me. I was a civilian instructor, and all of my audiences were military. I taught for the Department of the Navy. As I understand it, one of the big problems is people have to leave the base also, and that's been their community. 25 years ago, you only had 30 days to get off base, out of base housing. And there were, there were widows on our crew, our crew that had to do just that. 
Wow, that, that's got to be incredible with the family. What, what are the rules now? How long can people stay in housing? Now they can stay for up to a year in housing. And then after a year, basically, they have to move. And that gives, that gives families that have children in school a time to help them finish out the semester and to really break at a good time rather than having them, among everything else that's going on, having them yanked out of school. Looking back, what would you have liked and what are you recommending to people who have mm. lost well, there's so many good resources now, TAPS being one. What we did at the time was um, myself and another pilot's widow, we started collecting widows in the Norfolk, Virginia area. And in a really short period of time, we had 27 widows and one widower. And so we would get together and we would try to sort things out. And we began to realize that there were things that we had to deal with that just weren't existing in, in the civilian sector. So I've tapped into some of my Navy contacts, brought the chaplains in to help us, and, uh, and they were able to help us sort out. And then actually in a short period of time, we were able to help them because several of us volunteered to help them do casualty calls. Mm -hmm. And so we would, we would show up right after. It wasn't appropriate for the widows, and we were trained to show up right at, with notification. But we would show up basically the day after and help support the widow and the casualty officer and the command, because they really were unsteady and unsure about what they're dealing with. The research is showing now, and you know this because you lived it and you've done it, is that the two most important things, this will not surprise you, to um, helping people after, after a traumatic loss is peer support and coping skills. And you mm -hmm. certainly were there because you had walked the walk and talked, you were there, you lived this. And who would I want to see after the death of a spouse, but another person that has survived it and been through it? Absolutely. And having peer support is just essential because otherwise you feel very alone and very isolated. And what we experienced was the civilian community um, sometimes just didn't understand. And I would say my husband was killed in the line of duty and they'd say, oh, I didn't know we were at war. And so then I would have to explain. And then all too often when you explain that it wasn't a wartime death, people have a tendency of disenfranchising the loss then because they see it as less important because it wasn't killed in action. We were totally unprepared for that reaction. In the military, how you die really affects the amount of attention you receive. Not so much, I'd say, in the military itself, but definitely in the civilian sector. Mm -hmm. And even to this day, we're geared towards killed in action. Now, tell us about Gold Star family. Well, it's for Gold Star parents in particular. And after, after Military Widow came out, it was natural for me to go back to teaching again. And so I spent a lot of time during the Iraq and Afghanistan war working with the Army, predominantly in the National Guard and the Marines to an extent, on helping their CACO officers to understand, here's what you need to know, here's what you're going to have to contend with, Here's what to say. Here's best practices to help in that initial really traumatic circumstance. And I was giving a speech one day for a gold star audience. And at the end of it, one of the moms came up and I could see her just as clear as day right now. And she said, I know you wrote a book for widows, but when are you going to write a book for me? And that set everything in motion. That was the catalyst to do this. And, and that's your new book. Do you want to hold it up? I sure do. It's, um, it's We Regret to Inform You, and it's a survival guide for Gold Star parents and also for those who support them. I found in the course of the research and the interviews, uh, I found that it wasn't enough just to write the book for parents, 
that it had to have sections in there for the, for the relatives, the families, the friends, the service providers, so that if you were to, um, to go and, and in need of professional services, it would give you that baseline of understanding. I remember going to see a counselor after my husband was killed, and she didn't know much about military loss. And so I found there seemed to be less counseling and more educating. And it really wasn't too beneficial. I know you wrote it for Gold Star Mothers, but it has incredible information about any kind of grief and loss uh, about recovery. Thank you. Now, one of the things that, um, that they can have problems with the military is not being able to see the body um, mm -hmm. and bringing them in from overseas. I've heard people mm -hmm. think about that. Very difficult. It's definitely a problem for several reasons. One of which is when a death occurs, parents aren't going to be nowhere near the scene of that death. So they're being notified, official notification by the service branch representing, representing the country. They're, they're not anywhere near either the duty station or the scene of death. They're relying on someone who is officially notifying them, but it's all secondhand information. That person wasn't on site and they have nothing they could see or hold that really was proof that this really horrific catastrophic thing was, was, you know, was true. I found in my experience of basically working with Gold Star families for more than 20 years now, that most of the families would want to see some part of the remains, whether it's just a hand or an arm or something like that. There's just the, there's the validation in seeing that. One of the things with military loss, Heidi, that makes that even more complicated is, um, is that when you have a loved one serving, you build up, the families build up a set of coping skills. And so you're just accustomed to them being away, you learn how to do things. And very often your grief is, it's called deployment delayed grief because it's delayed until the deployment comes home or you think they should be coming home. You know, so let's say, you know, I've heard families say, well, I, I guess he just doesn't have internet service or they probably tapped him for a mission or he's doing this and then want to go to the, to the homecoming. Wow. And my advice to them is, you're going to do this, and they know. I said, get somebody you know and trust to do that with you, okay, and alert the command that this is going to happen. And they'll go there, and it's not so much, I found they don't make highly emotional scenes, because I've been with families, but what it is, is just the, the realization that their loved one isn't among those people that served with him or her. Experiences like that have, have positive and negative effects. Okay, the negative effect is that when you experience stuff like that or a military funeral, every time you see another event that's like that, it'll push those buttons in you, it becomes very purposeful. And you don't realize how many times, how many times military loss and military funerals show up either in television programs or in the media or in movies, and then all of a sudden, bam, you're right back there in the moment again. It gets better over time, but what it does, you know, I've always said that military grief has a long shelf life. Um, the positive side of it is it does help reinforce for you, and it helps when you, when you go to make meaning, okay? It helps to reinforce that this really was, this was a purposeful death. This was someone who was serving their country and essentially died because of that. Do you have any special uh, suggestions for days like Memorial Day? How can I prepare myself for these events? 
good question. One of the things in, in the book I mentioned how to handle those significant days of meaning, those important days. And one of the things early on I believe you need to do is you need to have a plan. I'm going to do this. I'm going to go to this memorial ceremony. And early on, I tell people it's really important to do the vis visualization of what you're going to what you're going to anticipate, that they are going to have a color guard, they are going to draw the colors, they are going to have speeches, and they are going to play taps. So visualize that in your mind so that when you go there, um, you know that's coming and you know you're going to expect that. In terms of holidays in general, this is a hard holiday for Gold Star families, mm -hmm. Memorial Day, for two, two different fronts. One is it's a federal holiday to remember the fallen and to honor the fallen. The other way it's a hard holiday is that for the last 50 years, Memorial Day has fallen on the last Monday in May. And now it's seen more of a, seen more of a, an event, Memorial Day weekend, rather than a day. And, you know, in those 50 years, you find that the commercialization of Memorial Day has taken over. There's blockbuster movies, mega sales events, going to the ocean, et cetera, et cetera. And there's nothing wrong with that as long as into that environment of, of basically enjoying the weekend, we can infuse some moment of, of, of memory. One other thing that's a real hot button with Families of the Fallen is the phrase, Happy Memorial Day. Mm. Yeah. It just isn't right. And yet people who say it, they don't intentionally say it. We don't have to think about saying it. And what I've taken to is when people will say to me, Happy Memorial Day, I'll say, yes, thank you. And you enjoy the weekend and take a moment and remember the fallen. Mm -hmm. And I think there's room in our country for both of those things. I agree. I remember as a child, uh, my mother and I would get up at four o'clock in the morning and go put poppies on all of mm -hmm. the, the graves. And uh, there was a lot more, back then, there was a lot more donation stopping. And you know this as well as anybody, you know, TAPS for all, everybody out there, all the Gold Star families, TAPS mm -hmm. is over Memorial Day weekend in DC. Mm -hmm. A shout out for that. As people feel better, as they feel stronger, you can reach out and do things for other people. I think Absolutely. Really helpful. Absolutely. In that community. Okay. What I tell all my Gold Star families that I come across or when I speak is that grief doesn't have to be the end of their journey. I like that. So where do people find you and where do they get your books? You can, buy, you can buy the books on Amazon right now. It's available in uh, paperback, also on Kindle, and soon it'll be coming out in audio. Uh, Military Widow can also be gotten there. If you want more information about, about teaching that I do, so you can go to www.griefsolutions.net. Nice positive, you know, positive name for it because there are solutions to grief. I find the male audiences really adapt to that. Tell me the solution. Give me the list. I want the checklist. <laughs> and um, I love working with men. It's never too late. It's never too mm -hmm. late to think about your grief, to think about positive solutions. Absolutely. To enrich and enjoy your life. And, and thank you so much for being on our show, Joanna. Thank you. I appreciate it. And thank you for this opportunity. Enjoy the Memorial Day weekend and remember the fallen. Thanks, everybody, for watching this show and listening to it and we Heidi and I want to remind you that if you've lost hope please lean on ours until you find your own and God bless. I'm Dr. Heidi Horsley. You have been listening to Open to Hope the podcast. You can follow Open to Hope on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. To learn more visit us at opentohope.com and go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe.
I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley. Join us again next week for another Open to Hope conversation, where we invite you to lean on our hope until you find your own.